you woke up this morning, it's a good day. If you woke up healthy, it's a good day. If you woke up refreshed, then it's a good day. So get up, get out, get on your way. If you woke up broke, it's still a good day. And if you woke up diseased, it's still a good day. And if you woke up exhausted, it's still a good day. Because you woke up, so get on your way. Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our backyard to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a plane, on a train, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. In this week's episode, we explore Keepsake Cidery in Dundas, Minnesota. Explore their delicious dry cider. And learn a little bit about the difference between pitching yeast and wild yeast. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. So Aaron, I want to tell you a little bit about the beautiful, beautiful Keepsake Cidery in Dundas, Minnesota. Let's hear. Well, first, you might be asking... Where is Dundas? Where is Dundas? Um, it's near Northfield. Oh, okay. So it's south of the cities. Uh, south of the cities, yeah. About like, probably like an hour south of cities-ish. Yeah, but still somewhat north of Rochester, uh-huh. very much west of Rochester, a little bit yeah. north of Austin kind mm-hmm. of area. Okay. Yeah. it's um, So Keepsake Cidery is, a, is located on an apple farm. Okay. And when you drive to it, you feel like you're getting lost. Because you turn off of a road, a two-lane road, mm-hmm. and then you turn onto a dirt road, and you drive on a dirt road for a while, and then you start following signs that tell you you're going to Keepsake Cidery, and you're like, great. And then Google Maps stops telling you where to go, and you're like, uh-oh, well, I don't think we're here yet. And then you see, and you're like, but the sign said to keep going, so we just kept going. Mm-hmm. And then we saw another sign that said, this way to Keepsake Cidery. And they kept steering us toward this beautiful little, like, apple farm that had, uh, like, a gorgeous outside patio, um, like, a stage set up. Um, mm. Yeah, it was great. It was this really nice interior. Like, it feels like you just, like, walked up to a bar. Like, it's got a bar inside. It's It's fantastic. Wow. Like, so I've got their website up. And it looks like they do kind of, like, weekend events. It looks like they're really Oh, they only- do, yeah. Like, because uh, when I pulled it up, it said you know, that they don't open till 4 p.m. on Friday. Right. I have a feeling that they do, like, the the normal week is the f- business of the orchard and uh-huh. the cidery. And then, like, the weekends is more the time for, yep. like, people to go visit. Exactly, yeah. It's definitely a weekend event, so don't try to go during the week. Um, but they do, um, also, if you don't want to drive out to Dundas, um, they are fairly active in traveling away from there. Okay, so they do, like shows and tastings yeah and stuff. so like um they were at the when we were actually at keepsake their um their brewer i guess or vintner i can't remember which term they used I think vintner would be a correct yeah more correct term for ciders. um ciderer ciderer anyway um was at the uptown art fair oh okay so like they actually have they actually travel so they're at they have their they go to events nice well, I'm I'm actually really excited to taste this because yeah, so, it is in a like really big like wine bottle looking yeah. thing. Well, and so the the thing that makes them a little bit different from other uh like other cider places that you're used to mm-hmm. is that they are a they specialize in dry ciders. Okay. So typically, when you get a cider in like 
like you go to the store and you get like one of the bigger name ciders mm-hmm. is you're going to get a cider that's been back sweetened. Um, and for those of you that are not familiar with it, most of the time when you make a cider, um, with a few rare exceptions, depending on like the, t- the style of cider you're making, it won't have a large amount of sweetness to it. So right. You have to add sugar. Right. On so the you- back end. Right, and that's what back sweetening means. So mm-hmm. you either add like a sugar mix to it, you add honey, you add like apple juice or something to it to give it that sweetness. Um, a dry cider is uh, is more along the lines of like something similar to like a champagne or like a, a like a white wine. So it'll have a little bit more of that um, like acerbic quality, to, slightly acerbic quality to it. Um, more of a more of like that crisp note to it, I guess. Mm. Acerbic isn't really the right term. I would actually say more of a crisp note to it. Um, it won't be quite as sweet, okay. which is actually kind of why I tend to prefer dry ciders to sweet ciders. Because you like sour beers in general, exactly. So you don't always go for the sweet. Yeah, which is why I like dry ciders. The other thing that makes um, Keepsake, and I talked about this in the intro, um, the other thing that makes Keepsake unique is that all of their ciders are made with wild yeast. Oh. Um, most breweries, when they make um, when they make uh, cider, or most cideries, when they make cider, they make it by pitching their yeast. Like, what they'll do is they'll, they'll culture yeast. Mm-hmm. So they'll let yeast, like, ferment in, like, a beaker or in, like, a little tube, or they'll recycle it from batch to batch to batch. Mm-hmm. And then they pitch it into the next batch of cider. Um the cider, this cidery uses wild yeast that's cultivated basically either from the air or from other natural sources. Okay. And so that's what they add in. And do they, like, is it just part uh, part and parcel of the brewing process? Yeah, it's part and parcel of the brewing process. So technically speaking, and I think I may have said this before in an episode, you can actually make your own technically hard cider at home mm-hmm. just by opening up unpasteurized apple juice. And letting, and, it... and letting it just ferment on its own. Mm-hmm. That's letting wild yeast do its work. Okay. Because, you know, there's usually bacteria in unpasteurized juice. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is This is made with. Gotcha. And so what, that's why when you look at these, they tend to not be as clear. Yeah, it's very As foggy. your typical cider. I mean, I'm holding it up so Aaron, Aaron mm-hmm. can see it right now. It's... It's kind of a yellow in color. We're drinking the... What was it? Your Orchard Reserve? Yeah, Orchard Reserve. Yeah. So this is kind of foggy in color. Um, it's hazy, like it looks like uh, it looks like lemonade. Look, yeah, it looks definitely like does. fresh lemonade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my glass has a little bit of condensation on it, so, um, but it's still it's still very foggy. Yeah, very it looks hazy. Like there's, uh, there might there might be some particulates. In yeah, too. and you will see particulates, yep. which are okay to drink and eat and consume yeah. in cider. It's perfectly fine, unlike when you have like a beer. Mm-hmm. Typically, when you have like a homebrew, they say like don't drink the trube at the bottom or the particulate yeah. at the bottom. It's fine to drink the particulates in this. Yeah, and it, it is great because uh, it actually has tasting notes on there. So I'm not going to read them. Yeah. Until after we give All ours. Right. So I'm going to know. Put uh, smell it. Hmm. I mean, you get that. Um, obviously, it's a cider. So mm-hmm. saying apple is just. Mm-hmm. It's like if you said if you smelled it and you said, "Oh, I got plum." Like. Yeah. But I mean, it's always a possibility too. Yeah, it it definitely is like not fresh apples, but yeah. not like overly processed apples. I like that one. Yeah, no, I like this. I like the nose on this one. 
Mm. Oh wow, there there's that that crisp mouthfeel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a natural, uh, almost like uh, bubbly f- on the like mouthfeel with it. There's almost something mineral to it mm-hmm. too. Yeah, like in a good way. Yeah. Um, the 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 flavor of this one to me. Um, hmm. We say in silence yeah. as we taste. That's the fun part about the podcast when everyone gets to just sit there and be like, "Okay, let's wait for them to talk." Well, it depends if I edit it or if you edit it. <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, as far as as far as that goes. Actually, it is a little bit of cinnamon on the like very very yeah. back end of yeah. it, but it's not very strong. Just a hint of it, yeah, or like a clove almost. It's all yeah. It's it's almost like um like just a a regular non fermented apple cider mm-hmm. in ways. Um, it tastes very much like something that you would get at like a Halloween or Thanksgiving kind of thing. Yeah, something in the fall. This is your classic apple cider. Yeah. If you were looking for something to present to anybody to uh taste um it's got it's got a strong uh actually the nice thing about this one is a strong citrus front. Uh-huh. Um compared to like some of the other ciders that we've had. Yeah. I mean, do you get a little bit of that too? I don't get so much citrus like I get there is some citrus. It's not nearly okay. as like as heady or as intense as uh, as in some like the beers that we've true smelled maybe recently. it's just because we've had full disclosure but <laughs> since we've been since we're recording this as our fourth episode tonight yeah and so we've had a lot of citrusy beverages so mm-hmm. our palates are a little off I think yeah but I mean it's my palate's not exactly the most refined thing in the world but it definitely like there's some citrus notes they're not super hard forward it is very like. I think you hit it on the nose with the apple and mm-hmm. the cinnamon and like the uh, the the kind of clove almost or yeah. maybe allspice even. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, it there, there's that like mineral quality again. Like I, I don't know how to describe that. Now, my favorite part when so, when they do include tasting notes, and Ooh. we we t- I talked with the um, the people that kind of make own it. it or make it, yeah. So. Um, this has tastes of apples, pears, black tea, and limestone. Which I think, yeah, you got the mineral. That, I think that's mm-hmm. the mineral thing I was getting. Yep, yep. And the black tea would definitely uh, talk to like that clove or that like kind of like almost all spice, all spicy flavor. Um, the pears, I think, would actually give it to that little bit of citrusy kind of note to mm-hmm. it. Almost, I think. I think the pears almost mellow it, mellow it out a little yeah. bit better. Or the, mm-hmm. like that it's it's a more mellow flavor yeah. in the note of pear because I don't mm-hmm. think there's any pears actually in there. Yeah, and I think it, I think the the thing that I love here I'll give it to you so mm-hmm. you can take a look at it. The thing that I love about um, ciders in general is, um, you know, unlike beer, when you make a beer, it's you know like the, I mean there are tons and tons of different flavor profiles you you can put into a beer, mm-hmm. but like. They're different. Like you have, you have like a chocolate malt that's a. Yep. You have like barley. You have, but they all come from different. Like and you have so many different types of hops that you can put yeah. in as well. But with a cider, 
these are all varietals of a lot of these are just varietals of apple mm-hmm. and they're so distinctly unique well, and it's in like their they flavors a, they give a list right above the tasting notes um that it's a blend of heritage and esteemed local apples and the like four that they give or the five they give are arkansas black uh ida red I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I-D-A-R-E-D. Keepsake, Chestnut, Sweet 16, and more for this reserve cider. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, and so like the, the apples themselves have their own flavors that just meld mm-hmm. into the thing that you create. Exactly. Whereas with, with beer, you have to sort of consider this, like, chemical... Well, I mean, you do have to with cider, too, but... With cider, you can actually think about the the thing. You can actually take a bite of the apple and say, okay, I'm getting mm-hmm. a little bit of this flavor mm-hmm. that I want to put into this beer. Exactly. You can't really grab a stock of barley, take a bite out of a stock of barley and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to put this into the flavor mm-hmm. of beer. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's different varieties of barley that you can use as mm-hmm. well to oh, change yeah, for flavor sure. profiles. I mean, that's on, how you get the actual. And, yeah, they're based on regions of the world in which they're grown and how they're grown and how they're fertilized. And, you know, Correct. you could get nerdy as hell on that. But really, at the end of the day, this is, it's very true to form on just being an apple cider mm-hmm. that is fermented and alcoholic. It is not like trying to do something. It's not like, look at the raspberry. We put raspberries in there, whatever. You know, it's very straightforward. Here's a bunch of apples that we made into booze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, the other thing, like, uh, like so beyond just the fact, like, just beyond cider as a, a thing, mm-hmm. um, the, the unique thing about this, too, is, I mean, it, it's wild fermented. Yeah. So... You know, there's no, there's no, there's not a lot of consideration into the the flavors that like yeast can mm-hmm. pull out of what you're making. Yeah. Um, because different kinds of yeast can alter the flavor profile of the thing that you're trying to make. Yeah. I mean, you can use champagne yeast if you want to really pull out a lot of like those kind of drier like flavors. You know, mm-hmm. you can use a cider yeast if you want to encourage certain kinds of cider flavors, mm-hmm. like. To, to allow that kind of wild fermentation really speaks to a craft in the beverage that you're drinking. And it also speaks to that they're using really, really high quality apples mm-hmm. because they're not using any other techniques than to like add flavor. They're actually there because you're having to combat the, the wild yeast because I'm sure that they get batches that have some fairly different profiles based on, you know, what yeast got introduced from the air Mm -hmm. so um the other thing that i enjoy about visiting their enjoyed about visiting their tap room is just how open they were and how much and how much they enjoyed speaking about the the thing the product they make i mean sometimes when you go to a tap room um you sit there and you 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 go to a bartender Mm -hmm. and it's just somebody that's trying to serve you beer yeah it's not somebody that's involved in the actual making or has any real stake in it. Yeah. But you show up here and people clearly want to like engage you and 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 really get like get to know you on an actual level and talk to you about the product, which is wonderful. Mhm. Um and then uh, kind of as a side note, the uh the the actual facility itself is is great too. Um you know, so there's a camp of people that that don't really the the they, they don't want to have like they don't they think breweries and stuff should should really not be like a family friendly place to go 
Oh yeah. And like I get that from from their perspective cuz mm-hmm. I mean like it's a it's a bar, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, like uh, you know, like I don't see a problem with bringing like a, you know, baby or a toddler, especially cuz it's also an orchard. Right. So, especially to this one. Yeah. Like and this one's great because it's it's pre- it's really family friendly. They have a changing table in their um bathrooms the bathrooms are both gender neutral oh nice which is something that was pretty rare which is pretty cool to find out in remote minnesota well not remote but like rural minnesota Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't have expected to find gender neutral bathrooms in rural minnesota and i thought that was really awesome um as a as a, a queer person myself like i love seeing that oh yeah it's and it's just it means that they care about the facility that mm-hmm. they're providing for people. And yet you don't want to bring your 14 year old because they're going to get bored. And yeah. you know, if you bring them and they have like orchard things that you can send them to while you do the tasting, then that might be something that they offer. I don't know. Well, and, and actually in this case, um, in keep for keepsake, mm-hmm. um, I think you actually could bring a 14 year old to this one because it's, it's got food too. It actually reminds me because I, I, I'm pulling the website back up because it said uh, like the next coming events that they have. So on Friday they have a cookout, yeah, um, which is cider sausages with farmer Nate, mm-hmm. uh, and then they also on Saturday have uh, music on the farm, and that seems like more of a family environment. We're gonna have a cookout, or yeah, we're gonna exactly. have like some music. Come on down. This is just a thing, and if you want to imbibe some of our products, then you can choose to do so. Otherwise, just come on down, and we're gonna have an event. Yeah, exactly. And like, um, I want to uh, look at their food menu if they have it listed. I don't know if they actually um, listed it on their website or not, but um, the, well, they do have the menu for the the cookout. Oh, okay. So they have um, the main dish is grilled pork sausages from Gray's Farm, which is G R A I S E, uh, or vegan sausages from the herbivorous butcher uh, with sauerkraut, grilled onions, pickles, plus sourdough toast from Brick Oven Bakery. The sides they have are grilled veggies, veggies, mustard or vinegar potato salad, mustard slash vinegar potato salad, uh, sweet and sour red cabbage, and all the vegetables are coming from Waxwing Farm. And then kids' meals are also available. They yep. just don't list them. Bingo. It, yeah, it's a very family-friendly family, family friendly place to go. It's an orchard. You can bring your kids. Um, the food is is all, like, locally sourced. Yeah, that's and, like, all of that was saying, it's like, these are things that are... Not far, like, well, the Herbivorous Butcher is actually going to travel quite a bit to yeah. get down to Dundas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had, I've, I've had stuff from that, from yeah. the Herbivorous Butcher, and it's actually really good. Like, it's not something that I would go out of my way to get, but if somebody was making the vegan life choice and wanted had to have a meat substitute that wasn't just one of like three types of tofu, they have <laughs> or great the Impossible options. Burger, yeah. No, I had I had some I had like she sausages. says killing the conversation. <laughs> no, I had well because I had um like the Impossible Burger is one of those things that I've not tried, so I'm not going to knock it entirely until I've tried it. Um, but what I did try from their herbivorous butcher uh, is one of our friends was was staying with us for a couple of days, and they went mm-hmm. and they bought uh, like kind of a sampler platter. Okay, and we put it on the grill and you know made it happen, and it was like the the sausages tasted mostly like sausages okay like there was a like an italian sausage or a spicy sausage uh type and then there was like a breakfast sausage and then there was like a burger yeah style and then something else and i can't remember what it was like a kebab or something yeah um because it was a it was a lot of product in the sampler um but i tried 
I tried a bunch of them and they were good. They were not like, you know, because I'm, I've not made a choice to be vegetarian or yeah. vegan. Well, and, but it is yeah. nice to know that those options exist and they have good taste and they have nutrients and protein and it's not just like filler. Mm-hmm. Like I had a black bean burger once and it was the first time I'd had like a meat free burger and it wasn't, it was not tasty because it no. was not like a good well, it's a mix. frozen patty. I mean, you yeah. could see the same thing, though, about a frozen, like, beef patty that you take out and Which toss I, on the grill. I don't like to use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think, I think honestly, um, there have been a lot of great strides in vegan and vegetarian yeah. the meat, meat substitutes. Because uh, Herbivorous Butcher, if I'm not mistaken, also does, uh, like, cheese replacements. Oh yeah, like a vegan, like a cheese. vegan, like uh-huh. a vegan cheese that is not just soy based. That is like yeah, there there are some interesting ways to do that. But either like that's kind of far afield. But it is it's more of a like you know we're having this conversation about keepsake as a cidery, and yet that is definitely a thing that you bring your kids to. Yeah, that is a thing that is like an exciting thing for everyone in the area or people to make a destination out of for an evening. That because you really want to go to Summit. And, like, bring your kids? No. Because, well, it's going to be packed. Yeah, it's going to be packed, and it's going to be packed with people that just want to talk about beer, because that's all it it's is. It's going to be loud. Yeah. Summit has giant ceilings. Yeah. They don't have sound baffling. Yep. It echoes. You're going to have to shout just to hear each other. Yeah. I mean, it's... When it boils down to it, you are, you know, you're making a choice with something like this to go to something that is designed to be, like, a community event, rather than just, like, a bar brewery cidery tour mm-hmm. yeah the um the when we were there we had uh we had like a like a, a cheese platter mm-hmm. and a like a little like sort of like a plowman's platter which had like a you know bread and like um a couple of different meat selections and that kind of thing um oh my word the the goat cheese that they had Ooh. was del- like it, 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 it like melted when you ate it, mm. there was a little bit of that salt quality to it, a l- mm. like that, just that perfect uh, creaminess. Um, oh my! The the jam that they had was like a rhubarb jam. I'm starting to salivate just talking mm-hmm. about it. Like Aaron's smiling, and he's look as he's looking at me. The the, fir- the funny part is actually it's reminding me because we uh, we went to my in laws last night and um, we picked up uh, some pickled beets. And some uh, strawberry rhubarb mm-hmm. jam that my mother-in-law made, um, and then um, my my wife's grandmother uh, purchased a half a cow oh. for the family. So we all have a whole bunch of meat just in a chest freezer. Okay. At um, at my in-laws, and so I picked up um, I picked up sirloin and a ribeye, and then six pounds of burger. Okay. That are all frozen. Like, I don't do the frozen patties, but I will do, like, frozen, like, a pound. Oh, yeah. And then just, when you thaw it out, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And it's just, like, fresh because it's flash frozen at the butcher and all that. But it's more, we're talking about this, like, charcuterie plate um, that you were talking about. And, then, like, I'm thinking, like, I have so much steak at home now. <laughs> uh, Aaron, cookout. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I've got some, uh, I've got some venison sirloin uh, or venison loin that uh, I want to cook up, too. Forgot about that. Venison is such a uh, wow. We're digressing. Yeah, we are so digressing. We're so digressing. Um, so getting back to keepsake. Um, so they do. So they do the wild yeast. Mm-hmm. They have a gorgeous farm. Um, the one thing 
that I I hope that they find a way to bring back because I think they ran out when we were there. They had a mead, a sparkling mead, mm. and I got to taste just the like burnt end of the keg, like just the the bare end of the keg. It was the best mead that I think I've some of the best mead I've ever tasted because it was it just, like it just had that honey flavor to it and it was golden in color it was sparkling um honestly uh i've had mead i I mean i don't have a whole lot of experience with mead but this was good mead huh that uh, so i'm scrolling through trying to see if they have the mead and the way you described it makes me want to like travel back in time and find that mead as well um but it actually goes through their their varieties because all of their um all of their varieties are now wild. Yeah. The uh, black current is amazing. Um I loved the black current. Um the the um Jonathan, I believe. No, um there's a medium one that is absolutely delicious that we had. The medium cider is the current aronia. Yeah, that's it. We had that one. That was so good. Um yep. it's that one's actually a sweeter cider, which I you know I opened this episode by saying I love dry ciders, mm-hmm. but sometimes on a hot summer day you don't want a crisp cider. You want something that's a little sweet. Yeah. And they've also got a uh, like a chestnut single varietal. Yes, we had that as well. And well, an organic wild. I went there with my family, so we were able to try quite a lot of different varieties of cider. It also lists how many trees they have. Isn't that cool? They have 5,501 apple trees. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of trees. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> it's just a lot of trees. I mean, I realized we when we were there, we just started wandering. I mean, oh, I I, we, we probably weren't supposed to, but my sister and I just kind of started walking around and like looking at the trees and like walking the property. And it was really cool just to kind of walk and see the trees, like the young trees that they had growing. And um, like it was picturesque. I mean, honestly, I want to go back there and bring my camera. Oh, yeah. It's actually like because um, they've got they have a, a list of where you can um, purchase near you, like pops up on a map. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also shows where they ship to. So if you are, um, you know, feeling like you want to order one of these or find if you have it locally to you, go to, uh, it's just mncider.com. So it's Keepsake Cidery's website is mncider.com. Yeah. And it has that information and it shows, it looks like you can order directly from them, which is kind of strange, but it might be because of where I'm based. <laughs> they are, well, I mean, they're, they're one of the, they're one of the larger farms. So. Yeah. And they're located in the Cannon Valley and the Cannon Valley in Minnesota for some of our non-Minnesota listeners is known as one of sort of like the wine regions mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Um, in Minnesota, we have, we do have, we do make wine. Yep. It's sweet wine, usually. But um, Cannon Valley is one of the wine regions in Minnesota. And so, by extension, then, we also have a cidery in that same area. Oh, and there's, I mean, as far as orchards go, we have really great weather for growing apples. We really do. And the U of M has come up with, like, at least two split, like, of their own unique varieties of apples. Well, one of the more popular um, varietals of apples that's made into cider, the Honeycrisp, mm-hmm. is made from the you was made by the University of Minnesota. You're welcome, everybody <laughs> else. If you if you like Honeycrisp apples, it means you like Minnesota. Therefore, you are one of us. Thank you. 
if you're one of our listeners, we won't send you a Honeycrisp because you might live in a place that we can't legally send you a Honeycrisp. But you should come to Minnesota and taste a Honeycrisp. Yeah, taste it from the source. Like, don't just go onto the U of M's, like, agriculture land, because that bad things will happen. I'm sorry, no, I'm just you go to any grocery store <laughs> in the area... And you can get Honeycrisp apples that are fresh and delicious. Now I'm just imagining so, someone like from, I don't know, we have like we probably have like a weird random listener in like Belgium that just flies to Minnesota, <laughs> travels to like Dakota County because like they probably have, they I think they actually have their, one of their like plants down mm-hmm. in like Southern Dakota County. Yeah. Um, and just starts walking onto their land to start eating apples. <laughs> So we're not condoning you trespassing. We are condoning you coming to Minnesota and tasting Honeycrisp apples just from a not, store. <laughs> just not on Minnesota's land. And on that note, where we don't condone committing crimes, uh, you can contact us by leaving a comment at travelbyproxy.com or by emailing fans at travelbyproxy.com. Uh, the Travel Pride Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jerris, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixture.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we wish you a look out your window. Walking with you and your moving peace stones and your Rearranging all the pieces that you find Now we're talking about Things and places, all the names And the faces of all the people that you love